Welcome to the Pixel Pitch Podcast, where one of us pitches a game to the group we all need to play in a year supplied to us from the non-pro computer. I am your host, Al. I am joined by Kit. Hello. And Philana. Hi there. So let's go over to the non-pro computer and see what year in gaming we are going to cover today. It's the year of 1998. I mean, there can't be Ooh. been that much that was released in 1998, right? Just one year in There's gaming. so much. No. There's so ow, much. Ow. <laughs> Sonic and Resident Evil 2. <laughs> Pokemon Red and Blue, Fallout 2. Oh. Yeah. Oh god. There's there is genuinely too much in the year of 1998. Like you could we could build an entire show just out of the year of 1998 apparently as like it's the release of like god Baldur's gate and my favorite game of all time the legend of zelda ocarina of time but like uh we we, we have to pick something out of this you want to want to know what came out that year though spyro the dragon oh <sighs> i've actually never played spyro the dragon really? i have not it's, touched it since uh... i was a kid it's such a it's just a it's a video game for everybody it really is. I, I know the, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's another one of those. It's very of the time where it's a 3D collectathon sort of thing. Oh, like a Donkey Kong, yeah. Banjo-Kazooie yeah. thing. You know, the, you. the developers actually were playing a lot of uh, Mario 64 when they were making it. So they really wanted to do something like that where it was fun to explore and just like putter around. That doesn't surprise and me. This is this no, is yeah. we're still in the middle of the mascot craze, aren't we? At this point. Oh yeah, oh, very much. And oh, I mean, very much. So. Spyro the Dragon is very much of that age too, where oh, he's this cute little purple dude with attitude. He's this, you know, Bart Simpson. <laughs> sort of character. <laughs> See, that was the thing that I liked about Spyro because. I mean, I, I love Sonic. I love Sonic to death. I loved especially the cartoons and the kind of like snarky, sassy personality we got with that. And what I loved about the concept of Spyro as a kid was that he kind of was that before Sonic like fully got that in the games. So I no, love he's... that sarcastic, like cool guy, uh, mascot uh, kind of character. And he's full on cartoon with it. Like... There, there will be bits in the first game where you'll will have him go up to like one of the older dragons, and he's, the older dragon's just like, "Well, Sonny, let me tell you a story," and he just goes, "No thanks." Bye. <laughs> <laughs> was was Spyro going okay, Boomer? Before the yes, memes? <laughs> he, he was he was the original. <laughs> And of course he has those like idle animations where he just yeah. sits down and like swifts back his like back spikes like it's a mohawk. Yeah. <laughs> oh my I god. Do, to be fair, Sonic did do that first. But that's one of those things I wish more gaming characters did that kind of idle animation. Give me attitude. Develop your character, you know? That was one of the big things oh, about yeah. Sonic, like was the yeah. idle animation where he would like look at you on the screen like impatiently. So it's like it's this development or evolution, rather, of that concept. Yeah. No, yeah, and Spyro is full of all those, like, really sweet little touches like that. 
where he'll just like sit down and like do a little yawn or his pal Sparks the Dragonfly will like zoom into the camera and like look at you and you actually have to see his face. <laughs> Aww. I'll be honest, my only experience his scary with- bug face. <laughs> I'll be honest, my only experience with the franchise was probably the commercials with the sheep try and like talk you down from liking Spyro with like like just what? like sets people on fire, he's a dragon, Brr, don't buy this game. I didn't know that was a thing. That's so cool. Mm. It's like those Me Chick-fil-A neither. commercials. <laughs> that are like, eat more chicken. <laughs> Full disclosure, I was three years old when this game came out. Uh, and also I lived in Mexico. Oh, that's fair. Oh. <laughs> so, Both I could of those not things. have seen any yeah. of those commercials. <laughs> How old were you at this point, Kit? Uh, I was five. Oh, okay. So I was so, watching uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, but I wasn't yet playing video games. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was eleven. So while I I had like some level of comprehension of gaming, I certainly didn't have my finger on the pulse of the community. But I was definitely alive and aware enough of like the mascot craze, and I was like I said, I was aware of the commercials and the ad campaigns, and like trying to be pitched Spyro. In fact, I'm lying now that I think about it. I have played Spyro one time when I was very, when I was, yeah, when I was 11. I was at my uncle's house and he had a copy of Spyro and I got so lost. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just kind of walking around and like I couldn't get myself out of, I guess it was the hub world at the, I I just didn't understand there was a game beyond this. (laughs) Oh no, you didn't go in any of the portals? No, I didn't know that was a thing. I was very confused. I was I was a child Aww. in my defense. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's fair. And I, I love the fact that the thing that stuck with you was a commercial because you absolutely were the age that every gaming company was really pushing to nail. Like you were the one they were going for. Oh yeah, like Crash oh, yeah. was doing that was doing that thing of like with the megaphone talking outside of the Nintendo uh, headquarters and being like Yeah. You know, what can Mario do about so-and-so? Like, that goofy guy in the costume. It was, But it was memorable. You remembered it. See, and the thing is, people wonder how I grew up being so anti-Nintendo. That's how. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. I loved Sonic. Oh, yeah, I loved Crash. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny that you say that you played it with your uncle. It's very much one of those games where it's like, oh, yeah, I played it. It's so-and-so's house. I didn't have it as a kid. But I played it a bunch whenever I would go over to my cousin's house. And now, my cousins, keep in mind, they're all younger than me. They were all born way past when this game came out. They were still playing it like 10 years after it came out. And we'd all gather around this ancient TV. There's like five of us, ages like six at... And like 15 and just everybody's sitting there playing watching each other play spyro those were the days man that is so cool in its own way i gotta say <laughs> it really is it's it's one of those games where really anybody can play it i actually read an article about this where one of the developers got like a, a letter from like a 60 year old woman and she said I love this game. I stole it from my grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> you go, Grandma. Like, 
Yes. <laughs> like it was right around this time where the the demographics for the PlayStation and at the time were mostly for older audiences. And then oh. they were directly competing with the Nintendo 64, which was, you know, mostly for kids. So right around this time is when they switched to, oh boy, we got to start making all ages and kid-friendly content. And that's sort of actually where Spyro came about was Insomniac Games. They had previously made a Doom clone for the PlayStation and it was like critically well received, but nobody played it. <laughs> and they Ooh. they were like really close to complete bankruptcy for making this failed game. And they were like, okay, we, we gotta make something okay, cute little little purple family friendly title. And bam, Spyro the Dragon. And it's actually really amazing the the team that they had for this. They had um, they hired a NASA engineer to figure out the control scheme of this little dragon flying around and like the camera controls and all of that. Huh. That's I know because I know wasn't uh, the guy that did the music for the franchise wasn't he with Devo? Or am I thinking of someone else? No, no, no. He was the percussionist for the police. Oh, 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 right, 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 right. Yeah, Yeah, I'm mixing up. Stuart Copeland. Yeah. So they really kind of got off. Yeah. (laughs) What's the story behind (laughs) that? So I don't know how they managed to get this, you know, really famous rock star to do this video game. He had never done a video game before. But they, they hired him on... And he would literally just play the game while he was writing the music. And, like, the the musical tracks would sync up with the, your gameplay. It's really amazing. He would write, like, four songs every day. Oh, my respect. God. He did all three games of the original games. Wow. Yes, the, the absolute madman. <laughs> no, yeah, that's incredible. So they got they had a rocket scientist. <laughs> they had a rocket scientist, a rock star, a rock star. Um, <laughs> the anyone else the we should know about Spyro on the, the Dragon team? is uh, the voice of Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life, and of <laughs> course they had uh, voice actor Clancy Brown doing a bunch of the dragons. I mean, yeah, he, oh, wow. he's that one voice actor that you know in everything. See, and the thing is, because I, I recently just kind of like, because a, a friend of mine got me a copy of Spyro, but I haven't actually sat down and played it. And then we thought, oh, we're going to record this podcast. So I was like, okay, let me, I'll, I'll sit a little longer on it. But just popping it in to do like a 15 minute runaround and you can immediately hear Clancy Brown. <laughs> no, yeah, you hear Clancy Brown and the the soundtrack itself is so good. Like the... Stuart Copeland himself said, this is some of the best work I've ever done. He played it in, like, concerts. He played Spyro music in, like, concert. Because, I mean, it is good shit. It's incredibly great music. I'm really getting, like, hyped for playing this. Um, I'm like, it's, it's, it sounds like there's so many elements. How could it go wrong? Uh, It's, it's bound to be a classic since it already is. But let's, let's convene for right now and we'll come back when we've all played through the game to whatever extent we feel we want to 
And like we'll we'll come back and we'll discuss it. We'll talk about it. How our our, our big feels on Spyro the Dragon? Heck yeah, our real Spyro the Dragon feels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so full disclosure. Uh, Kit and I did not play the original Spyro the Dragon. We actually touched the uh, Spyro Reignited trilogy and played the game that way. I did play, I I did bust out a copy of the original Spyro that I recently got from a friend. Uh, But yeah, I did start to finish. I ended up playing it through the Reignited trilogy. Which I'm a purist. What can I say? (laughs) (laughs) So I can't imagine... Like, they would overhaul the game completely, although maybe they did, I don't know. But it was, like, such an experience to play through. And if the original game is half of what I played, then it's it's fantastic. I, I yeah. will say this about the remakes. It has to be easier to control. <laughs> so much mind, easier. This, this came out before analog sticks were a thing. So mm-hmm. you were in this 3D environment with just the D-pad. You could not control your camera. It You're was actually easier sometimes to use the D-pad than it was the control sticks. So that uh, suddenly explains, like, uh, to quote Archer, a whole lot of things just started making sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I will say, I feel like the game was buttery smooth with movement. I felt... No matter what I was doing, what I was hitting, it felt so rewarding and exactly what I was trying to do. Uh, One thing that I definitely can say is that I felt like uh, there was some nerfing done to the, like, floating distance uh, compared to the OG game. Because, like, there were things that I was doing in the first few levels of the original game that I tried to do in the Reignited Trilogy, but I got kind of frustrated because I was like... I couldn't get the angle right or anything. Uh, and I think it just was because they changed it uh, and changed different gameplay things. Like the charge attack is so much more fun uh, and a lot more aggressive. And so that kind of like counteracted that there was a lot of times where they, even though it overall base was almost like a beat for beat remix, there was those slight differences in like, there were places they wanted you to charge and then jump and fly as opposed to in the old one, it was easier to just have you fly. Yeah, I noticed that yeah, too, actually. That was the case. I, I, Although like, there, was, there was a lot of that in the original, where, you know, you would have the turbo charge too, where you would use that and use that to, like, get really high jumps. Mm-hmm. It's weird, though. I have the exact same experience, where there were just times where, for whatever reason, I couldn't make that jump. Um, or it was just a little off. I had to get the angle just right. And that was when the D-pad came in the most handy. Uh, yeah. then I could, I could correct my angle a lot better. And that's when I just started playing with the D-pad as default because it just felt smoother uh, in its own weird way. Even though the game itself was completely smooth and there were no problems with it, it was still something that just like, it was a nice little addition to help me with aiming what I wanted to do. Uh, and it's, it's a minor greeble in the entirety of the game. And there are a couple of the ones I'll bring up as we continue to talk about it, but that, does strike me as like one of those weird things where like I remember doing jumps over and over and over again. Um, like, mm-hmm. oh, those gems are right over there. I want to get to them so bad. And the good thing I will say about that though is the game made me want to get those gems. Though I yeah. died That's over the and best over. Part about Spyro is just 
it makes you really love the collectathon aspect of it. Like, there are some games where it's like, oh, I have to get all of the things. Sparrow makes it so fun and so yeah. easy. Like, I did not mind failing over and over again because I knew eventually I was going to get it. And it was actually really fun pushing myself to figure out how to get there. And I'm not a collectathon person, really, which is interesting yeah. for me because I don't play a lot of those games. I'm not a big fan of those types of games. But immediately sitting down with Spyro, I I had to. And it felt so satisfying. I, I went and got every gem in every level except for, like, one where, like, it was all about boosting and doing the jumps. All over. It was it was very, like, complicated and whatever. I got frustrated and had to stop. But even though that was, like, somewhere <laughs> in the middle of the game, like, I didn't stop doing it with every other level, even though I I no longer was going to get 100% completion. I didn't care. I just still wanted to get all the gems. Yeah, it's just a good time. And I think that's a testament to great game design. And even though, because the game itself, it is, it's not the most robust. It's not the most, it doesn't have the deepest lore or the biggest plot. It, it is a lot of just kind of run around, attack stuff, do things. But it's so charming and fun being in that world that like, you know, I don't mind. I'll sit here. I will sit here for a couple of hours and just get all these diamonds and know that like I'm not accomplishing much at the end of the day, but by God, it's fun. And it's gorgeous. I mean, oh, Dream it's stunning. Yeah, Dreamweavers is amazing. It looks so good. Yes, the the design is so good. And yeah, honestly, the honestly the OG version holds up, I think. I've I've seen I've looked at other like 1998 games. I mean, like Tomb Raider three. The graphics do not hold up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Spyro is it's stylized in such a way where it's just so nice to look at, even with all of the like bare polygons. I mean, there's even one level where the Norks will hide in little tents, and when you blast the tent open, they show you their little butts and you know what yes it's charming yes. it's so charming it's i love in... the little nork butts <laughs> and <laughs> i will say as much as i do love the og one getting to see the remaster it is a lot like being an artist as a child and then redrawing stuff when you're older because oh, wow. the way that i saw like remembered seeing the game when i was younger uh i kind of filled in a lot more with my imagination so seeing it like a couple of months ago, when when I first kind of like popped it on, I was like, oh, this is so much more empty than I remembered it being. Especially like thinking to like Sonic Adventure and Adventure 2, I felt like there was a lot more going on there. Uh, though 2 did come out later. Um, and it felt like because I built up so much more with my imagination that Spyro was empty. And then playing the Reignited trilogy felt like kind of my the imagination that I put on the game perfectly like visualized like it it was exactly the way that me as a kid kind of spiced it up in my head oh it's the game you remember playing not the game you actually played yeah yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> although I I do have a couple quibbles with that where it's kind of like reading a book and then watching the movie of the book you you filled in some of the details and you're like, oh wait, that's not right. That's not how Percy Jackson looks. 
Listen, there was a lot that was wrong with Percy Jackson. We don't need to dwell on how it looked like. Him. <laughs> oh. But, but so then what, so, what uh, kind of grievances? Oh, all right. I will say a lot of it is really gorgeous. Like all of the redesigns that they did to the individual dragons that you free. Yeah. Stunning. Amazing. Like all of them have like new personalities. Amazing. They all have like little clothes. Amazing. They're all themed like the, too. Each one of them yeah. is like, yeah. specific to the world they're in. Which I thought yeah, was such a great touch. You picked that up a lot more in the Reignited trilogy, where it's like, oh, this is the the one with the artisans in it. Oh, I legitimately did not think of that when I was a child. But it's also they they've gotten rid of some of the very pastel tones that were in the original that gave it this very dreamy storybook sort of feel. You know, mm. like when you would fall off the world, you would just be gliding softly into the pastel void. And you, that you lose soft, a little bit of that in one. Yes. <laughs> I will say there you is know, definitely more, uh, it, it feels a lot more cartoony in those moments. Yeah. It's, it's more overtly cartoony. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's not like the original wasn't cartoony. One of the bosses is literally just a sheep in an overcoat. (laughs) Is it a sheep or a chicken? It's a sheep. Okay. Yeah, he's on little stilts and it has a pumpkin head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's in the Reignited Trilogy. I will say that's oddly in one of the weak spots for me is uh, are the boss fights, actually. Which are fun. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I did find some of them kind of tedious. I think the most that feels like a real boss fight, boss fight is probably Metalhead, like the the the, the robot guy. Ooh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, and that one works I mean, really my well. My favorite was always Doctor Shemp. Oh, the witch doctor. He's yeah. the one. Yeah, the witch doctor guy. <laughs> you just gotta shake, chase him around. <laughs> But it's it's interesting though because the last guy we fight is Nasty Nork, obviously the uh, leader of the the Norks. I think I, don't, I think Orcs is trade tra- uh, trademarked. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we all know what he's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like essentially, Nork comes in, turns all the dragons to, to gemstones or whatever, and Spyro's mission is like, I gotta go free everybody and then go beat up Nasty Nork, and like it's a very simple plot. But it all ends when we fight Nork at the end of the uh, uh, at the end of the, the the game, and it's I just I want to like it more than I do because it's well thought out. It's a very well balanced experience. But it's chasing a couple of the egg hunters down, then chasing him down, and like it's kind of sort of a boss fight. But I, I, I guess it's like it'd be weird to change it in the last five minutes of the game into a completely different experience. But when I think boss fight, I think like boss fight. I'm gonna get in there and like. I'm going to fight this dude. And again, Metalhead seems the only one that's close to that. And even then, that's stretching it. But I don't know if that's just a a personal hang-up. Did you guys have that experience with the finale? Or is that just me? Well, I I would always have somebody else fight my my boss fights for me. (laughs) I'm going to be real honest with you. And that's fair. How I mean, how old were you when you typically played it back in the day? Unless you mean like was, nowadays when you revisited it, you like handed the controller to your boyfriend and were like, no, I'm not doing this. I've committed this <laughs> long. No, no. I, I would actually have my, my 
my cousin, who's like a good six years younger than me, do it. I was like, I was like 13, I think. And he was like nine. <laughs> and he would always get the boss fights for me and do do the egg, the egg thieves. The, those friggin' egg thieves. The little nya 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 haunts my oh, soul. Oh, God. I hated them in the original games. Like, and that's, <laughs> again, like, I, I only really dealt with the first, like, one or two, and it seemed about on par. But I think, I don't know if it was kid goggles or if they did, like, make them easier, but they felt so much easier in the Reignited Trilogy. And maybe it's because I'm older and I can manage my anger better than when I was, like, seven playing it. Probably that. But... <laughs> Yeah, I just love to hate them. <laughs> yeah. But I do, I agree. The boss battles, like, I want to love them, but the thing is, they're not anything spectacular because it does yeah. kind of feel like the same formula over and over again. And even with Nasty Nork, like, especially as an adult, finally getting to the end of this game, I was kind of hoping that something was going to be at least a little different. Something uh, refreshing, something to kind of like be a combo breaker at the end of the game. Uh, but then when I realized that like, nah, this is kind of like a beat for beat remake, probably wasn't going to get that. So I wasn't like disappointed. I still just wish that like we could have gotten a little something more. Yeah, I will say that in the sequels, all of that is much improved. Okay. Really? Yeah, I, I'd i say the second Spyro game, Ripto's Rage, that's truly the Spyro denouement. That, that is the Spyro game. Yeah. Well, now I'm interested right. to play that eventually. Yeah. But yeah, damn. Yeah. But I, I was, I will want to also say, after li- finally listening to the music or the s- tracks from a uh, from Spyro, having played through it, wow, that's really good. Like they got the guy to come back to do the re- uh, reignited trilogy uh, from the police, and. It's it's stunning. Like it's 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 a jam. It's a beat. It's a bop. It's it's all really good. <laughs> now I assume you played with the modern music, right? The remake yeah. music. Yeah, yeah I, I played with the modern music on it. Yeah, because I I did too. Because it the old stuff is charming and it is nostalgic. Uh, and I've heard a lot of people complain about like, oh, but you know, you should play it for with, with old music because that's a better experience. But the new stuff is great in its own right too. Like they're fantastic updated remixes. Yeah, and I think yeah. I think you can like both. And Absolutely, I, you gotta understand. Like Stuart Copeland loves this game, and it, it yeah. shows in his music. And it's it's kind of crazy. Apparently, his kid grew up playing Spyro, and now he works at Insomniac Games. What? The, yeah, wow. yeah, right. Man, that is in the family. Yeah. <laughs> <Spyro is> in <laughs> your blood. <laughs> man, that's so cool. Man, like it's yeah. I, I know we're just sitting here, we're just going over and over about like how much we loved this and how like, but it was such a it was such a satisfying experience. I can't really stress this enough about how yeah. enjoyable of it really was. It was a game for all ages. If Sony back in the day was trying to reach those goals, they knocked it out of the park. Uh, mm-hmm. It's you. You go in. It's it's a classic platformer in its own right. Again, for a person who doesn't like collecting things, to feel compelled and having fun while doing it, seeing all the nooks and crannies, firing the rockets off, or uh, discovering the little the nooks and and crannies of the of the pub world, 
it was so satisfying, even though I didn't complete it. I didn't, again, I didn't care. It was just so much fun. Um, I will say the only other thing that I did leave off were the flying levels, which I played the first one of and immediately was like, I'm out fam. Uh, I don't need to do this. Yeah, I, I do agree. No, I, I couldn't do any of them. I'm going to be honest. I, I could not do any of them. <laughs> yeah. The, the, no, yeah, yeah. I love this game. But as soon as it goes to like airplane controls, it's just like, oh, am I going up? No, I'm going down. Oh, oh, I'm going all the way down. Oh, never mind. Yeah, something I will give it credit for is that I am a big fan of games that are willing to take risks and kind of put in a segment that is a palate cleanser. And so I conceptually really love those for it. Like the first one on the first level, I was into it. The one on the second, you know, in the second hub world, I was like, oh, and I skipped it. Then on the third world, I was like, okay, no, I'm kind of into this again. So for me, I feel like I understand its place of kind of like breaking up the monotony within each world. But I feel like if it was just like two or three throughout the whole game, so that it's a little something to kind of break things up, but not overwhelming for people that just see it and your eyes glass over and you're like, I don't need this one. (laughs) Uh, I think that could have helped a lot. Yeah. But I also understand why they wanted to put it in. Like he's a dragon. You want to fly and it makes perfect sense. Uh, it it sucks. That there it's kind are of the some people part. that absolutely love the flying levels, though. Like they will just spend hours and hours on them. Like I know my boyfriend just loves playing those speedway levels. <laughs> I mean, props to him because that is the first person I've heard <laughs> of. <laughs> I know they exist, but uh, I've never been like within this many degrees of one. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Again, we, we definitely need those moments to break things up. Uh, it's 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 absolutely understandable. I'm sure it has its lovers. Like you just said, your boyfriend's a really big fan of it. Um, but like, I'm trying to think of like, I'm racking my brain besides that for anything else that I could think of that doesn't quite mesh as well. And it, I think that the flying levels are just evidence of growing pains. They're like trying to figure themselves out and come up with a game from scratch. And you're going to have a couple, Not not everything can be a zinger. So some ideas yeah. are just going to fall a little bit flatter than others. And I'm sure other ideas were just completely left on the wayside. Um, we're, we're actually completely ignoring this, but I love uh, the dragonfly. I think that's a really yes. cool mechanic. Oh, absolutely. Fantastic character, they, yeah. Yeah, they just got rid of any sort of HUD. It's just, you just have a little friend who's your health meter. And I, it's adorable. You just have a friend. And I love that it is something that the other dragons comment on and they're like, no, you know, she'll take care of you. She's here for you. And it is just like this whole little guardian angel thing. Like it just, it's such a wholesome, lovely little thing thrown in there. And it feeds into the toot era as it were. Um, yes. Because <laughs> you, you gain health back by like, you know, she eats uh, like bugs uh, that are around the, uh, around the levels so no, it's yeah, just you really kill fun some little in, like... innocent sheep, and you, then the sheep turns into a butterfly, and then the butterfly feeds the dragonfly. It's yep, the perfect it's logic. Just, yep. Yeah, it, it's just so satisfying. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I think it's uh, like again, this goes back to a previous point, but just this, it's a game that I have, you know, and probably will continue to do in the future. I have just opened it up and just run around in circles for a little bit, like. 
attacking sheep and like beating up norks not necessarily doing anything story related like because i already 100 percented the file but just Mm -hmm. running around in circles because it feels so good and it just has that even though again i only played it a bit as a kid it just has that cozy nostalgia like 90s feeling to it and the level design is just so good where it's just so good it's layered you have to fly around there there are like little tricky bits where it's hidden and you have to like start flying blind around a cliff to find the little secret gems it's so nice yeah for lack of a term they just don't quite make them like this like they used to Uh, like i can't imagine a game now that's just like yeah fly blind just go off the cliff and just see what happens (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that doesn't stop me from still trying yeah. Even though I know it's not going to work. But, <laughs> and especially after this and the, it being such a faithful recreation where it had those things in, it's, it's going to be another year of me being like, no, no, it's going to happen. <laughs> and we touched on this a little bit, but I definitely want to bring up how each world definitely has an identity all its own. And I think the platforming and the style and the aesthetics all reflect that. Uh, I, I loved Dreamweavers. I think I went over that a little bit where it's just, it's just, it's a fun, magical kind of setting. The, the weird magical mechanics that were in there. Uh, the enemies were also kind of cool because they were like, they would change depending on who was hitting them with a spell or whatever. It was just it, like, God, it was really cool. Did you guys have like a favorite level that you like, oh, I attached strongly to this one. Oh, I really loved uh, Cliff Town. That's the one where it has these really big ladies with the soup pots. And they have these little yes. guys around them. And they yeah, just, like, I urge them. the little guys to go get you yep. before yeah. they attack you themselves. That actually would probably be my choice just because, and especially with how they were uh, done in the remaster, it was just so cute. And like the little nuance to each movement and the way the little ones were like, you know, I don't want to do anything. But then they get beat with the spoon and then they'd be like, okay, fine. And charge you. <laughs> it's just, there's so much flavor there. There, there's um, so much flavor in just all of it. And I mean, there are little touches of like, oh, you can set a cactus on fire or you can headbutt a little pole and make it go. It's just all those little details <laughs> like that where it doesn't serve any gameplay purpose. It's just fun. <laughs> and I do I do want to shout out. I love bog kind of levels. I love that kind of like grungy marsh kind of look so i did really like beast makers too just like purely aesthetic that that one was i loved it yeah so i feel like it's it's pretty obvious like what our feelings are on this that we all just really really loved the game but despite some very minor greebles about we're a little dissatisfied with but overall i think this has just been a positive experience for us if it's a classic it's a classic for a reason um there's a reason why they remade it and there's a reason why so much love and attention went into it as well and why it was so coveted and so and so well loved and like i i think you know like I, you guys can share your opinions as well please do but like i think it like it definitely holds up it's really really good yeah. I think any game that you can make a, you know, with, with very small quality of life updates, but essentially make a beat for beat uh, remaster, uh, just essentially update the graphics, but otherwise keep it the same and still have it be beloved. I think I think that shows a true classic. Very few things you could grab from 1998 and remake it exactly the same with just better graphics and some updated controls. 
See, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean I we may put that happy. to the test later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I absolutely agree, though. Going back, you know, now as a fully grown adult playing this game, it was so fun. Ugh. I just loved every bit of it. And honestly, I'm ready to hop in there with with some Ripto's Rage. If it if it has better boss battles, I'm in. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> Ripto's Rage has better everything. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you all. Um, and that's that says a lot though, because since we like we're, we yeah. were both so taken and so like we fell fell in love with this game essentially. Uh, to say like, oh no, the second yeah. one's way better. It's like what? It gets better oh, you know than what's that. What's the craziest part of that though is that. Because Spyro the Dragon, the first one, was so good, Sony Interactive said, okay, that's great. Uh, make another one by Christmas. And they did. <laughs> and it they, was they better? Made, yeah, yeah. They made three games in four years. Good God. Just one after the other, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they were so good. Damn. Oof. So that oh, is man, that yeah. is truly incredible. I think we're going to probably stick with this year, though, uh, for our upcoming episodes. I, Kit, I don't know what, what game you might be wanting to think to bring to the table. Listen, that is that is a hard sell on two opposite directions because I love Sonic Adventure, but I love Resident Evil 2. And Duke Nukem, a, a Duke Nukem game, I think came out that year as well. So I got some things to ponder. Yeah, I, w- I would say like <laughs> any of those you could pick and I would be down for. Uh, I have heard tale and legend of Big the Cat and I, <laughs> I'm i I'm ready to be to, to go some frog fishing. Let's do this. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the frog the, fishing. I'll, I'll be very upfront though. If it came down to either being able to talk about Sonic Adventure or... Sonic Adventure 2, like I could only have one, I think I'd have to pass on Sonic Adventure to talk about too. Because that game, everything great and memeable about Sonic Adventure 2 just does better. And is even more memeable, so I'll think about it. But I'll, I will keep it. Yeah. One of those three is probably, important. Yeah, one of those three <laughs> we're probably going to come back with on our next episode of the Pixel Pitch Podcast. I hope all of you had fun, and I hope you at home had fun as well. Uh, thank you both for coming in. Of course. Thank, thank you, you so for being much. here. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, audience. And we'll catch you next time. Good night, everybody. Night. Bye-bye. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. Uh, you know what? You know what came out? Sonic the Dra- uh, Spyro the Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic's <Hold> contagious. <laughs> All right, hold on. All right, let's well, yeah. like let's yeah. let's well, let's give some. Yeah, uh, let's do that again. Yep. Oh, I flubbed it. Yep. <laughs> give us ten seconds. To, give us ten seconds to restart, then come in again. <laughs>